Chapter 17 Bony fingers dug into Gom's shoulder and whipped him around. Who are you? Where have you come from, boy? the man asked, this time in the common tongue. Gom swallowed hard. The excuse that he'd rehearsed back in the wagon didn't sound so good now. The man raised a gauntleted hand and shook his whip at Gom. Can't find your tongue, boy? Then I'll find it for you. Come. Gom grabbed his staff as the Salahin dragged him from the stockade, past the wagons and tents, to the men around the fire. At Gom's approach, the music and the talking stopped and all eyes were on him. His captor spoke, pointed his whip at Gom. At the man's words, a murmur went through the gathering. No doubt the Salahin was telling his fellows how he'd found Gom. One of the men stood up, waved at Gom, speaking rapidly. Gom's captor looked down at him. Hundro there is our chief wagoneer. He says he saw you in Penlangoth this afternoon, sneaking around the caravan. I, Gom began. The Salahin shook out his whip and cracked it. The truth, boy! M my uncle is a cruel man, he said, shamefully conscious of the break in his voice. He hates me and, and beats me. I, I couldn't stand it any longer. This afternoon I ran. I hid in the inn yard, but he found me. He looked around in sudden hope. One of you saw him chase me from the stables? No one spoke. Gom went on. So I climbed into a wagon, only for a minute, mind. The next thing I know... I can't get out, and, and now here I am. He tried to look sorrowful rather than afraid, putting to good use the wobble in his voice. My mother, she'll, she'll be going out of her mind, wondering where I am. If you could just tell me which way to go, I'll be off home at once. Another spoke up, a slower voice, more wordy but sounding just as harsh and unfriendly. Gom watched him intently. His witness? Gom's captor glared down at him. Does your uncle wear a black shirt and bright green breeches? Yes, yes, Gom said, nodding in relief. But to his dismay, the man shook him angrily. You take us for complete fools? That rogue, whom one of my men caught skulking around the wagons, 
is a common juggler, or conjurer, as he calls himself. The man laid his hand on Gom's staff. I wouldn't be surprised if this were not a stick for juggling and trickery. It looks fancy enough, he said, and made to seize it. But tightening his grip on the staff, Gom pulled back. Indeed not, he cried. This was made by my father, and let any man here speak ill of him. The man looked startled for a moment, then, laughing, let his hand fall. Our boy has more grit in him than his uncle, hey? Amid a general murmur, the Salahin went on. "'Tis lucky for us that you don't defend your uncle so fiercely. "'The man's a thief and a rogue. "'We brushed with him before, over the matter of a horse.' "'The man stopped laughing abruptly, and, bending down, "'thrust his face close to Goms. "'Now you may be his nephew, as you claim, "'but more likely you lie.' I say you're his agent, sent to see if we've caught our prize. He straightened up. Don't look so shocked. It's no secret that a Cito's in the offing. You can't deny it. But I can, Gom protested. I swear that until I came here, I'd never even heard of the word. Oh, Gom's captor cocked an eyebrow. So who told you now? Gom groaned inwardly. What had he done? How could he possibly tell those men that he'd learned it from the horses in the stockade? I, uh, overheard it, he said. You overheard it, hey? The Salahan leader looked around to the gathering. So this enterprising lad speaks our language after all. The man rapped out a question to Gom in the Salahan tongue. Naturally, Gom didn't understand a word. You see? the leader cried triumphantly. Another lie! He eyed Gom in such a way that made Gom's knees go weak. Let me tell you how I found this liar! He was so intent on getting back to his mother that he was standing outside the stockade gate, both hands on the bar, trying to lift it. And when I asked him what he was at, he couldn't find a word to say. The men were silent. Perhaps, the man went on, he thought to take a certain horse to ride one that could get him home in no time at all. This brought scattered laughter. Come, the man said to Gom, speaking now in mock deference. It's clear that we deal not with the lying, sniveling boy that we see, but with a very talented accomplice to that scoundrel Zamul. We must have ourselves a conference here. The man seized Gom's staff now, and pulled him none too gently toward the bonfire. Gom eyed the leaping flames, his throat dry. What were they going to do to him? He looked around, seeking escape, 
that saw only tall figures crowding in on every hand. To Gom's relief, the man merely thrust him to the ground beside the fire, threw the staff down after him, and bowed in mock courtesy. Allow me to introduce myself properly. Jufor, chieftain of the Solahin, at your service. Gom reached for the staff, drew it in beside him. Then, looking up, he forced himself to face the ring of hostile whips around him. Gom Gobblechuck of Windy Mountain, he replied, his knuckles white upon the staff. But he didn't say anything about being at anybody's service. I see. Well, Gom Gobblechuck, you sit there while we decide what to do with you. Jofor called one of the men to watch him and went to speak with several of his fellows farther around the fire. Gom sat looking into the flames, thinking, There was luck for you. Jofor thought him a spy, a spy for Zamul, come to help steal the Sito, a horse thief caught red-handed. They'd surely punish him. His flesh crawled. He could almost feel the whips lashing his skin, his poor back only just healed. Why, they might even kill him. He felt for the rune, found it lying outside his shirt in full view. But would that matter? Those men clearly measured wealth and power in terms of horses, not small black stones scratched with strange markings. No, only those who knew would recognize such a thing and covet it. Men like Zamul. He slipped it back under his shirt anyway and gazed upward to the moonlit sky. At least for the moment he was clear of that one. At least the rune was safe, even if he was in danger of his life. He straightened his legs out in front of him, rubbing his knees. Still a bit sore from the long hours shut up in the wagon. Pulling on his staff, he first knelt, then stood up warily, his eye on his guard's whip, and shifted from one leg to the other to ease them. At that moment, Jofor rose from his conference and walked back to him. You like to dance, I see. Jofor turned with a laugh to his men. Music! Where's Hodor? Here the musician appeared before them, his stringed box hanging at his chest. Jofor smiled coldly. You like to dance, Gom Gobblechuck of Windy Mountain? Then you shall dance for us. Gom stared up at him, aghast. Dance? I don't know how. Dance, I said. Jofor cracked his whip, making Gom jump. Hodor struck a loud chord. Gom's mind raced frantically. He couldn't dance. 
He'd never joined in the dancing back in Clack, fearful of his feet going the wrong way, unwilling to look foolish in front of the townsfolk. Besides, his knees were stiff and his legs ached. No, he couldn't, wouldn't dance. Jofor cracked his whip again, curling it past Gom's ankles. Gom stepped onto his left foot, back onto his right. Knees up, Jofor said. Crack! Quick, or I'll help you. Crack! Gom stepped sideways again, onto his left foot, did a little hop, then, half-heartedly, went back onto his right. Hodor began a slow, clumsy tune in a shambling bear's gait. Laughter rippled around the firelit circle. Gom's rage surged. He saw a small gap, a dark space leading away from the fire. He turned and ran. A moment later, sharp pain cut his ankles, jerking his feet from under him. He fell headlong, face down in the dirt, the staff flying from his hand. The next time, Jofor said, unwinding his whip from around Gom's ankles, you'll bleed. Now dance. Gom danced, shuffling around in a slow circle, first on one foot, then the other. Slide. Slide, hup. His face grew hot with humiliation. Faster, Jofor said, and at a signal, several of the onlookers also took up their whips and, forming a ring around Gom, began to snap at his legs. Gom dodged out of range of one whip, only to whirl within range of another. The men around the fire began to clap, first in slow rhythm, then faster, driving Hodor's fingers the pace of the whips. Gom leapt and spun and twisted, his stiffness, his cramp now forgotten in his desire to avoid that cutting leather. His heart banged against his ribs, his throat was hot and dry, and his fury was almost unbearable. Such hateful, cruel folk. How long, how long before they let him stop? The firelight blurred. The darkness wheeled about his head. Gom slipped, fell, and amid loud applause, lay at Jofor's feet. They picked him up, set him down by the fire, and handed him a plate. Eat, Jofor said. Then we talk. Gom thrust the plate aside, tipping the food out. He couldn't eat. He felt sick, and he'd starve, he told himself before he ate with them. What he wouldn't give to pay them back. Someone began the loud chant he'd heard earlier. The rest joined in, their voices at this range overwhelming.
Garm listened, staring stiffly into the fire. You like our song? Jofor was back. Garm shrugged. How can I? I don't understand a word. Then we must accommodate our guest, Jofor said to the assembly. Let us sing it again, in the common tongue. And oh, the pride with which he spat out the last two words. The men began again. Familiar words mouthed in harsh, flat accents to that strange chant. In spite of his anger, Gum found himself caught up in the words. Sala in we, haita, haita of the haivag, haita, haita, ever we ride haita, 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 this ground so wide, haita, haita, masters of these flatlands, culling with our tireless hands, great wild herds, beasts of the plains, Riding, riding, in pursuit abiding, ours to take. Haita, haita, ours to break. Haita, 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 haita. On the last shout, Jofo stood, hauled Gom to his feet. Time for business. You want a horse? You shall have a horse. Come. He walked Gom back toward the stockade, the rest following. Jofor halted them by the gate. In here, as you know, Jofor said, are horses fresh caught. Pick one, ride it around the stockade, and it's yours. <laughs> <laughs>